podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode 171 of the Unholy Trinity podcast, brought to you in association with Sports Social, the UK's only dedicated sports podcast network, and also Fanatics. I don't know what to say, to be honest with you. Um, so we'll talk cricket, we'll talk a bit of cricket to start things off. Uh, I'd like to say back on the show, I think for his, uh, his hat-trick appearance, his, uh, his cricketer, Nottinghamshire, uh, the Welsh Fire as well, in the in the 100, travels around the world playing, playing cricket. It's Jake Ball. Jake, besides Everton, how are you on this uh, this Sunday morning? Uh, yeah, not too bad. So, like, like you say, I think Everton aside, not too bad. I managed to pick myself the winner of the national yesterday, so that that cheered me up just after the just after the full time whistle went. But um, yeah, it's good. Season's just started, so we're just getting back into the swing of things. Could do with the weather picking up a little bit, but other than that, yeah, it's all uh, all looking up. Well, I say he didn't have the uh, the Grand National winner, that's for sure. Me and people listening on the radio on the way home with the, obviously the the delay we we had we had a uh, same horse. I think I think he he fell he fell sort of halfway through. So it was a typical typical Everton day, wasn't it? Com- compounded by the the Grand National as well. Um, but obviously, you, like you said, you've been traveling around a little bit across to across to Dubai. Um, the hundred when when does the hundred kick off? Um, August beginning oh. starts pretty much all of August. I think it starts on the third, finishes sort of last couple of days of August. So it's yeah, it's all, all of August that, that we're playing that one. And you're back with the Welsh Fire again? Yeah, I'm back with the Welsh Fire. I think we've had a we've had quite a big big rebuilding. Yeah, I think obviously the last couple of years hasn't hasn't quite gone to plan. So um, got new coaching. We've got Mike Cussy, Mister Cricket. Um, had a had a few few conversations with him. Um, seems like he's Ready and ready to go. I think I think we did have a really good draft and we've got a good couple good couple of overseas coming in that, that we really needed. Um kept kept hold of a few, but also um yeah, I think we've we, I mean you can look at every side in that and say they've got a good team. So um I think it's about getting off to a good start and, and trying to keep the momentum going through through the whole tournament. Yeah, it's it's certainly as the last sort of couple of years have, have gone, it seems to be picking up a little bit more sort of popularity as well. When they bring obviously changes into any sport, it's always takes a little bit of time, doesn't it? But you look at 2020 now, I think when that first came in, 2020 is absolutely massive, of course. And obviously hopefully the hundred goes it goes a goes a similar way. So we look forward to obviously, as you say, the weather the weather improving and the and the cricket season uh, really really getting underway. Um but but unfortunately we're we're here to discuss in a bit more detail Everton. Um obviously a lot of us there yesterday, Everton won, Fulham three. I think, you know, we, we've had a little little chat before we, we recorded. And for me, the worst performance under Sean Dyche by, by a country mile. A lot of things went wrong. We got a lot of things wrong as well. Well, Pete, I will I will come to you. We were both there yesterday um, in, in glorious sunshine. I think I got a bit of a tan, I've got to be honest. I had my coat off and, and everything. It was almost tropical. In the corner of the paddock uh, yesterday, and is 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 it simple to say that that was on Sean Dyke? Probably. I mean, I, I think you can make a partial case for 
we were without some very important players. Obviously, you know, Coleman, Anana, Decore. You know, obviously, Calvert Lewin's been an absentee for majority of the season. But I think you take those first three out of our team, and we're a very, very different outfit. But for me, Dyche had lots of opportunities to to make better decisions yesterday. I mean, it was clear from the off that the four four two just left us far too open. I think when we saw the team sheet, you know, we we thought he made a similar structure to how we kind of finished up against United, where Wobi would be more central, Gray would be on the right, and then uh, Mope would would be up top on his own. And I, I think. Most of the conversations going into the ground were, well, why hasn't he gone with Sims there? But then you, you see the see the lineup and it's it's four four two and and you know Gray's up there with with Mope. The ball was just repeatedly bypassing both of them. It was coming up on goal kicks and we couldn't make it stick. I think I I said to you, well, if Mope's up top, then you know surely that means on goal kicks that you know Pickford's going to look to kind of swing it out wide. Um, and I think there were, you know, there were a few times where he would look for Godfrey to kind of win the header and, you know, make it stick and try and get us going. But I don't think we did that enough. I think when we did it, it wasn't effective. Um, and then we we just seemed to persist with going long. Couldn't couldn't make it stick. The ball kept coming back, and he thought, just change this up. And after we went a goal down, and, and we're feeling a bit deflated, he he did seem to change it and kind of go to the four five one, which made us a, a, a little bit more competitive going in but then again the, the sims change was just screaming out to everybody watching that game now and it should have been made at, f- at 50 minutes or 55 minutes and when he did make it i mean the, the game was gone so you know you don't know what his thinking is there and you know it is it, sims carrying a little bit of a knock you know that, that hasn't been reported who knows is you know, there are other factors that have come into play that we don't know about. I mean, you can't assume, you can't speculate, but on face value, it just seems like he got it really, really wrong um, and was far too slow to do anything about it. And let's just hope it's a lesson learned. Well, well exactly that, but there's many, many lessons to, to be learned because most people that, that obviously I saw... Uh, on social media when that team was announced, obviously me, me and yourself speaking in the ground, Pete, we were slightly baffled by by the start 11, by the setup, um, especially given the fact that Fulham have got two centre-halves. They were absolutely massive. You know, either a bio and, and, and Reem are huge. So we can't power from the back, first of all, and we quite often will will go long. Now, that, that's not a major issue if you've got a little bit of height there. Now, Onana not being fit, obviously unexpected. Uh, he was saying this week there was no no concerns reported. So the, the thought would be, and and as has happened, even when Demai Gray played the front on his own, Onana will push on and look to, to win any kind of long balls to, to bring players in. He didn't have his physical presence. So not having him meant that we, after sort of Tarkowski and Keane, there was just no height in the team. And we were still going long. We were still, I mean, Pippa was, get, was getting annoyed. Tarkowski was getting annoyed. There seemed to be a little, little squabbles here and there over the over the course of the game for me, with, with players looking to blame to blame each other. But there just didn't seem to be any kind of answer. There was no kind of problem solving. You know, there was no kind of, um, it didn't result in Everton playing any kind of different way, particularly. We were still looking to go a long time and again. 
obviously Sims comes on and it makes a little bit more sense. But it, she just lacked lacked ideas. But having no Onana was a big thing. We know the core is a massive miss. That that puzzle still hasn't been solved by by the manager as well because there's no one to replicate the core's energy and especially in the press as we discussed last week. But Lee, how concerned are you after after looking at that yesterday, watching the game, seeing how, how much went wrong, how poor we were, and how little we had in the way of answers? How concerned does that make you feel going into the final seven games of the season? Well, massively concerned because you can you can basically say now the dice bounce is well and truly gone now, isn't it? You know that that's one win in the last eight games. You know, and at this stage of the season, that's everything, absolutely everything. You look at Bournemouth, who are right in right in the mess. Goal difference is worse than ours. Couldn't buy a win for eleven of money, and they've played similar teams to us recently, and they've won three out of the last four. Yeah, you know, they've beaten Leicester. They were beat. They won uh, against Spurs yesterday. You know, they beat Liverpool as well, um, and they've also beaten. Um, they've also beaten. Uh, who else did they? Who else did they beat, Mike? I can't remember. But anyway, they've won three out the last they four, beat, haven't they? They beat Spurs. They beat Spurs yesterday. They beat Liverpool. Um, they're a side who, in January, they strengthened and they yeah. brought players in, and those are the players who are getting them across the line. Well, that Uatara especially, we were linked with him. We were apparently late to the party. and He set up the goal against Liverpool and then he scored the winner against Spurs yesterday. So there's six points there. So if that justifies the signing, that justifies the signing right there. But anyway, the point I was saying, Pete was bang on with some of those points there. I think Dice has to take a lot of flack for me uh, in this. I mean, I had a feeling he wouldn't start with Patterson. You know, it's always caution first. We've, I think I said to you yesterday, and you guys will probably remember, I think um, it was it was Ancelotti who first played Godfrey at left back, wasn't it? And then obviously, you know, he had a bit of a run in the side. It seemed to work for a bit. And I do remember one game where he ended up playing right back. I can't remember which game it was. And then he had an absolute horror show at right back, Godfrey. And then he never ever played there again. We've got a perfectly fit right back in in Pat Patterson. Yes, he's coming back from injury, so yeah, you know, maybe you won't get the full ninety minutes out of him. But what we know his strengths are is bombing forward, aggressive, you know, and, and basically taking the game to the opposition. So why on earth he wouldn't start with a well, with an actual right back yesterday? He was on the benches beyond me. Onana, yeah, massive miss, especially with the Corey out. That upsets the balance in midfield we've had recently. And then the biggest thing for me, you've just said it there with Mope and Sims, but the other one is why is Calvert Lewin not even on the bench? He's been training for ten days apparently. It's, it, let's be honest, if you look at the fixtures between yesterday and the end of the season, that's our most winnable game by a country mile. Fulham are on a bad bad set of runner results. They're missing their main man up front. They've got nothing to play for, so they've pretty much got the slippers on. And then he goes, well, yeah, we'll give him another week and he can come back against Palace. What? What is that even about? I don't even... I mean... It just lists it lists the crowd, it lists it lists the players on the pitch because they know they've got obviously on his day an international striker on the bench, clearly our best centre forward. You know, if you need a goal with half an hour to go, you can bring him on. Apparently, you know, from what we've heard, and, and Bobble said the same thing, it was you know, it was something along the line to do with oh, we didn't feel his sharpness was quite there. I mean I mean I mean with five percent sharpness, Calvert Lewin, he's still better than Neil Mope, isn't he? Let's be honest. So, so for me, it was, it, that was unforgivable. And then to play the way we did, we just set up and set, we just set up in, to, to, uh, in Fulham's hands right there, really. And and 
I, you just looked at that side from the get-go and you just thought, oh no, here we go. And I think, you know, I, sadly I wasn't at the game, but it sort of deflates the crowd. It would have deflated you guys before you even go in, isn't it, into the ground, thinking, oh no, we've got a guy up front here who scored one, one goal in the last 21 games. And, you know, I don't want to pin it all on him because obviously there's other factors as well. But, you know, when we did change it up, finally, after 4-4-2, it was just an absolute diabolical um, uh, performance in the first half an hour. Didn't work against United, like Pete said. Didn't work here. He changed it. We got a good goal. We're back in the game. We had our best spell in the game. And he has a one-on-one lap. We've all seen the stills this morning on social media. And... I, I just can't get my head around that. I can't get my head how he hasn't just slotted that, side-footed that in the corner all day long. And he, he's tried to dink dink the keeper. And you, you just think, and even then he scuffed it. He scuffed it into the keeper's, in, in, you know, straight into the middle of uh, the keeper's midriff. And you just think, what is going on here? I mean, that goal there, Mike, you've said it off air then. If he scores that, the game then, it's not over, but, it, you know, we're certainly, you know, it lifts the crowd. We're in the ascendancy. Like I said, Fulham have got nothing to play for. It's a totally different feel to the game, isn't it? Well, the, you know, the first the first other 25 minutes, obviously, we, we, we went behind as well. Everything just weren't at the races at all. And then we, we picked up. We obviously, for us to, to go one nil down and come back, lovely goal, by the way, Dwight McNeil. Um, he, he, does, he does score a, a really decent goal and, you know, it's a great finish. And you thought at that point, I thought, you know, Let's kick on now. We've got a little bit of belief because we've been terrible. There's there's a little push start that we need. And Everton then for the rest of the first half were much the better side. And there was chances. I mean, it, it's on the mopey chance for me. It, it, it's got to be because it was so it was so clear cut. Listen, it was a good little bit of movement. It, it really was. It was a nice, nice little bit of football on the edge of the box, a bit of an interchange. He gets played through. You could argue he hasn't got to, he hasn't got to take the first touch, but he does okay. No big deal. He's still got plenty of time. And I just don't know what he's doing. If if you're a striker who's banging form, you you you, you can you can dink it and you probably score because you because you, you'll connect correctly. If you're a striker who's not not scored, like you were saying, Jay, I think it's about 21 matches, you know, since Neil Mopey scored against West Ham, then you just literally get your head down, concentrate, put it in the corner where there's loads of space, and you go into you know you go into one up. And I think at that point, a Fulham side devoid of confidence, I've heard. This morning, from from somebody that apparently since the United game behind closed doors, not all is well at Fulham. There's been a few little off off field issues. The players have been down. Step forward, Everton Football Club to come and get three points and and to perk yourselves back up again. You know, this is a side who have really struggled after obviously Mitrovic gets this game ban. Silver gets a couple of game touchline ban as well. They have been struggling for form. And if we go if we go in two one up there. For me, that's the game. We don't lose the game because they've got to be a bit more open. We've got to, we've got something to protect. The fans are, are rough because because we're winning the game, and it's on that chance. And also, Demari Gray, you know, a great little ball in from the right hand side. Gray flicks his foot at it. It goes about an inch or two wide of the post. You know, another another good good opportunity. But Everton were forcing things in the final sort of fifteen minutes of the first half. But that's not good enough. Where were you for the first half hour? Of the first half, it was you've you've got to you've got to start with some kind of intent, and we started with with none at all, and that's that's the that's the big issue, you know. But Jake, obviously, you, you've you've seen it as, as much as as much as, as we have, and you know we, we can't pin it all on on Neil Mopey because 
you know, it's not all on him. Of course, it's not. And we always look for a four guy. Um, but I, I could I could name eleven four guys yesterday because I thought they were all they were all poor. You know, outside of maybe Garner Gay, he was average. Dwight McNeil, he was he was average. But but the rest of them, you know, we, that's not a performance that you expect to see under a manager in the in the realms of Sean Dyke. You demands as as we always say. The, the the minimum requirement is maximum effort. Yesterday, maximum effort was not on show, was it? No, no, it isn't. I would like to pin it all on Mope because I'm, I'm not his big I'm not his biggest fan. But um, yeah, I think I think it, it's all pretty much been said. But but for me, like you say, I think as a as a squad and a team, you'd look at that game and go, this is a, this is our game to get three points. I don't know whether they talked it up too much, whether it was built up to be like. A, I mean, it is a big game. You can't you can't hide from that. Um, and with the with a few of the decisions that that Daesh made, now is not the time to be um, cautious. If you've got somebody that's fifty percent fit or forty percent fit, but could make a difference, you've got him on the bench, or you know you you, you start somebody that that you think you know is a slight risk. You, you just do that because you know, like I say, now isn't the time to be taking the risks. Uh, to not taking the risk, sorry, um, and and like you say with Fulham, um, if we'd come out and hit them hard, maybe got an early goal, put them under some pressure, they could quite easily have cracked. But it it just looked like a, a nervy performance. Didn't look, it, it just didn't didn't look right. It didn't look like a, a normal dice performance for me. I think in in previous games we've we've come out and started strong, started well. Yes, we haven't quite got the goals, but we've still attacked and. Um, looked dangerous, whereas it just didn't didn't look dangerous at all. Like I say, the ball was going up to to Mope. It wasn't sticking. It's almost like he, he played the formation yesterday to try and fit Mope in, and and it just didn't it didn't work for me. Um, and yeah, I think I think going forward, I think I just need to just sort of break the shackles and just say right we're just going to go for it because because it's that time of season now we've just got to we've got to hit everyone hard and and if anybody's even 50 percent fit get them out on the field if they're going to make a difference for me jay you jay you've played obviously high level sport in in, in cricket <clears throat> do you find if you're going into a game like that yesterday where you're kind of expected to win that the psychology of being look we're playing out of form fulham side everybody knows this is the must win game that must have an, a massive effect sometimes on play. some players. Obviously, rise to that. Others probably maybe shirk it. Have you seen that yourself in in your field? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you you see it all the time. When I mean, there's been a few times over the years where we've come up against teams that that we'd beat nine, probably ninety nine times out of a hundred. You just maybe take your foot off the gas a little bit or whatever, um, and you know these teams punish you like so this is a this is a premier league like there's, there's class players in in every single side if you're not at 100% at the races you're going to get caught out you're going to get found out um and it, it just it felt like that a little bit to me yesterday in that that first half an hour whereas i think we were just expecting to to win or them to to sort of crumble having watched them for the last three or four games like say since the man united game they they've been terrible um, so I think we just expected to to sort of go and, and win that game, and um, I think they caught us off guard a little bit. So yeah, I think I think it was a, a big factor. I totally agree with you on the Calvert Lewin point as well, because like I said before, you know, even if he's in the squad, it lifts everyone, doesn't it? Not just lifts the crowd, it lifts it lifts the team. I think part yeah. of the reason, Mike, why you said you saw Tarkovsky and 
Pickford arguing. I think part of that may have been Pickford probably being told to still go long, don't play out from the back. But then obviously, like, he knows that Mopé's losing every single header against, you know, two, two giants at the back, like you said. So maybe that's where the frustration was coming from as well. They almost kind of thought, well, we're, we're, we're basically doing something. It's clearly not working, but we've got to follow the orders here. You know what I mean? And maybe that's why they, those two were niggling at each other a little bit as well. Possibly so. I mean, obviously, things weren't going our way. And every single time Pickford was going along, he was going along down the middle. And that was the thing. As, as the goalkeeper who, you know, he's, he's renowned for having a, a, a decent delivery pick for them. He can pick players out, you know, 50, 60 yards away. You've got to be clever. You, you know it's not working. And it's okay saying, you know, you, you, you've got to play to order. Okay, to a point. But you've also got to take responsibility as a player. You know, it's, you've got to look at, well, that ain't working. So we, we can't just rely on picking up the second ball because we weren't doing that either. So even if they were winning the first header, how often were Everton getting the ball after they won the header? They just weren't because there was no challenge on the centre-half as such. If you've got Mope, who's like, he's about five foot, and you've got Adagabai, who's about six foot four, then he's winning the header comfortably, and he can, he can just knock it down to, to a full player. You know, we, we, we basically made... I mean, we know how good Willian is. We identified them last week as, as obviously the, the one to watch almost for Fulham because a lot of their good play goes through him. But him... I said, didn't I, about um, a couple of fallen players within within the midfield who who will do you can do a little bit of damage because they, they've got quality, they've got quality footballers, and Everton just made it far too easy for them, and that was the biggest the biggest concern is no one wants to take responsibility to actually change things up and do something a little bit different, and and Pickford was one of those one of those players, you know, the fact that if you're going to play a long ball. Then okay, be clever like like you, you said before, Pete. Go wide to, to Ben Godfrey because at least at least he's semi decent in the air, especially in a wide position against against a winger or you know a, a left or a right back. And we've got to be clever, but you know I I said Harrison Reed, you know I said he you know he, he should be working in an estate agent with that kind of name, but he always plays well against Everton. And yesterday, I mean obviously he got that got that first goal. But he was running the midfield between him and Willie, and the two of them were running the midfield because we only had two in the middle, and Everton just can't play two in the middle because we were four four two. We were getting overran, and like I said earlier on, there was no physicality. If Onana's in there, if the Corey's in there, Everton don't lose that game yesterday. That that's that's the big thing, and and those those two players, Seamus Coleman, a leader missing. It's it's a massive thing. We haven't got the the depth to to be able to replace those those kind of players, but that's no excuse for the tone that was set early on, and that was how poor the level of performance was. But the thing, but when you when you get back into the game, which we did, obviously we get back to one all. We end the first half well. We started the second half well actually. You know, we 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 Michalenko took a shock and so he, he was in in about thirty seconds of the second half starting. And has to do better. Wins a corner, but has to do better. His first touch was awful. And at that point, you think, yeah, you know, we, we're carrying on where we left off at the end of the first half. Sucker punch, another poor goal. We, we go 2-1 down. A ball goes to the back post. Godfrey jumps, misses it, gets underneath the ball, really. Gets literally knocked back down. And Wilson comes in, slots at 2-1. And it was that point for me where what's the players... Heads go down. They think we can't come back again. There's just, there's just no way. And that for me 
is unforgivable because even if you come away with the point, okay, not not ideal, but it gives you something and you think, okay, kicking kicking the teeth there, we've been a better side for the last 20 minutes or so, but we didn't. And heads went down. There was no belief. Uh, the hearts went from the players. But again, at that point though, Pete, we go 2-1 down. I think it was, was it the 52nd minute it was that they scored that goal. Change it. You've got to change it. You, you can't then keep the players that you've got on the pitch. You can't say, right, okay, we'll keep on going. So we go with that. You've got to, at that particular point, bring on Ellis Sims, surely. Definitely, I was going to say exactly that. I mean, it's the change the game was crying out for. And the irony is when Sims did come on, at least for a few minutes, he did give us a bit of a lift. We did look more competitive. The ball was sticking when it came up. And I, I think you you highlighted something after the game yesterday, which I thought really epitomised it for me, where the, the ball had come over the top for Sims. He wins it, brings it down, runs at the defender and ends up about halfway along the the right-hand side of the 18-yard box, has to turn and come back on himself. And when he lifts his head up, there's not an Everton player within about 15 yards of him. And then he, he then has to try and keep hold of the ball and play it backwards. I'd say, I'd say more than 15 yards, Peter. I think there was an Everton player within 30 yards, at the very least. I couldn't believe that it was a it was a nice little ball down the side. He's used his uses his body. He's got in. He's picked the ball up nicely. As he's turned back on himself, thinking, "Right, I'll, I'll roll this ball back. I'll get into the box." He's looked around and gone, "Where are you all?" And they were literally all in the halfway line, just just sat down, putting the best on from the Grand National. As Ellis Sims is trying to is trying to make something happen, and in the end, he did he did quite well to get the ball across. I think I think after about sort of ten seconds of allowing players to get. Up and around the area, he got the ball across and, and it went across to to Awobi. But that's shocking, isn't it? That, that that is awful. That it is, and and, and they still get an ass kicking for it because, I, I, you know, there was six minutes of added time, and I don't think anyone on the pitch or in the stadium, but you, you know, believed that we could do anything with that. And and that's terrible because again, Fulham were really really poor. You know, d- defensively, that they, they were there for the taking. They absolutely were, and I know we, we can kind of lament over the the, the Mopey chances. You know, it's a really poor finish. He's made a really bad decision. That's you know that that's any striker's bread and butter all day long. It should be in the back in, in the back of the net. It's an easy finish. Um, but as a squad, as a, as a team, we, we were poor and we let ourselves down because yeah, when we go two two one down, this you know I think they scored on fifty two minutes. We absolutely could have got back in that game. And, you know, it's easy to say, isn't it? But you fully believe if we would have equalised, then we could have gone on and, and, you know, got more from the game because I don't think Fulham were up for it. They they absolutely weren't. You know, throughout the the first portion of the first half, I I thought we should have done more with with how on top we were. Like you say, Mike, when we equalised, they were then really, really uncomfortable. Start of the second half, we, we were on top. But we can't let that psychological fragility start to creep back in. And it it, it was like a throwback to the end of, of Lampard's tenure where, you know, as soon as a team wins the ball, they can just run to our midfield. And you were sat there thinking, what am I watching? And, and it's then when you start to get worried, isn't it? You know, it's, it's, all, it's all very well losing those games if, you know, the referee has a stinker and decisions go against you or, 
you know, like I know we drew against Spurs, but like the Decore incident, someone you know, someone loses the rag and gets a red card, and you know these things can go against you and and affect games. But when you're just terrible, like <laughs> when you're just awful, and the manager's made a baffling decision, that's when you get really really worried, you know. And it's no use looking at the, the relegation running. And you know, well, you know what other teams will pick up because if we're playing like that, then we're we're doomed. And, and for me, he needs to drag them all in. He needs to get them all into training early, have an inquest, sit down, and why that can't happen again. And just you know, the players need to take responsibility for the way they responded when we went two one down because you know there was there was still forty five minutes of football left to play, but. You know, we couldn't do anything with it. And, and that's it. That's where the belief in, and the heart comes in and, and the, the stomach for the fight. As I'd said in recent weeks, you look at that side and, you know, we, we, were, we were pulling games back and, you know, the, the Spurs game was a prime example. So the players were showing, listen, we will fight. I mean, we, we will put, put leave it all out there. But it's all going to go doing it against a side like Spurs. But you can't do it against a side like Fulham where you should be picking up three points, in, in my opinion. Then, you know... Hope, hope is fading fast. And that was the first time yesterday where I sat there and thought, you know, we're, we're obviously we've been in trouble. But I thought, if this is the level of performance that we're, that we're putting up against against an average Fulham side, we've got we've got problems here. Especially when you see, obviously, the Bournemouth get a, a last-minute or stoppage time winner against Spurs. Wolves have pulled themselves away. Palace have pulled themselves away. Um, obviously, at the time, Leicester hadn't played Man City. You expected them to lose the game. But, by the way, Man City, me and Lee were speaking at the time, Joe, when, when the game was on, took the foot off the gas, made, made a raft of changes, you know, hard off a half-time. Uh, it was Stones, Rodri, De Bruyne, Grealish, they all get taken off and they bring on, obviously, loads of kids. And then City then, you know, take the foot off the gas and, and Leicester had chance after chance. I think their XG in the end was better than Man City's. You know, so... They've got a bit of quality in their side. They've brought a new manager in with, with a handful of games left. So nothing stopping Leicester kicking on. Um, so we, we are we are heavily, heavily in trouble at this moment in time. And you look at that third goalie, and at the time, I, I don't know what, what I'd, I'd say, what I'd, I'd done. But I, I just saw the ball go, go into the back of the net. I think I was looking at the bench. Maybe I was looking at the bench as some kind of salvation. So I think I was seeing if Ellis Sims was actually warming up, if he was going to come on at, at, at any point. Um, and seeing what we what we could do, and then the ball is, is in the back of the net, and I've seen it back this morning, and a free kick from the sideline by the dugouts, lofted to Dan James. He took a touch inside, did def- deflected off Tarkow- Tarkowski's backside or back into his path, and he slotted three one. That's a goalie which epitomised Everton's performance, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely shocking, mate. Uh, when I first saw uh, saw it, I thought he brought it down like Bergkamp. But then I thought, no, it's Dan James. It's, he's, he's clearly not brought that down, has he? And then, yeah, as you said, then it came off Tarkovsky's backside. Um, but yeah, you know, it, that was just horrendous. I mean, that that goal there is is like you said, it was a nothing free kick down, just clipped into clipped into a channel, isn't it? And then all of a sudden, he's, he he finds himself one on one, and it's even then, it's a weak finish, and it somehow managed to squirm past Pickford. And then I, I wanted to bring up that first goal as well. I mean, look, we all know Harry Wilson's got a nice left foot. Yeah, you know I mean, he's, he's, he plays you know fairly regularly for Wales. He has got a good delivery on him. He can have a dig. 
And that first goal as well is, is unforgivable, isn't it? I mean, Mikolenko, all day long, Wilson's playing off the right-hand side. He's all one foot. He's, he's more one-footed than bloody Messi, isn't he, in terms of his... He hasn't got a, a right foot whatsoever. Yet he still allows him to cut on that left foot and have a shot which hits the post. I mean, all day long, just go, go on, go down, go down the line. Go down the line, try and cross it in with your right foot. But yeah, going back to the third one, equally as bad. And then, you know, in a team that... And I've, we've said this before. When you're in a team that's not scoring goals and you don't score the first goal... And then you concede, obviously, a second goal after getting back into the game, and then a third. It, it's almost as it's psychological, completely. Then go well. We've got to score three now to win the game. We can't even score. We can't even score two. How the hell are we going to score three now in thirty minutes? And and the fact that Dice didn't bring Sims on until the seventy fourth minute. His reaction after going three one down was to take Garner Gay off. Okay, he was booked to bring Tom Davis on. I mean, I mean. <laughs> I'm baffled. I'm totally baffled by that. And then he waited another six, seven minutes and then brought Sims on so you can have 15 minutes, mate. The Sims one, for me, is just is bonkers. You know what I mean? He, he, he played against United. He played against Liverpool. He came on against Chelsea and scored. And yet, you don't... He, Mope, he's barely had a kick, by the way, in the last four or five games. He hasn't even come off the bench. And then somehow, he, in his head, he kind of go, well, you can start, son. I, I, I mean, unbelievable. He, you know, he'll probably look back at that now and go, "Yeah, we should have got, we should have gone with Sims." And I kind of feel for Sims because you know you're playing against those teams I've just mentioned there, where you're not going to have hardly any of the ball. And, and let's be honest, he won as a point on his own with it, with with a with a moment of magic against Chelsea. So he deserves the chance to to have a start against you know Fulham in a winnable home game. He deserves the chance to you know give give me a run out here, boss. I'll, you know. I, I can maybe try and score potentially a couple of goals. And to give him 15 minutes, I mean, that's, that's sacrilege for me, that absolute sacrilege he didn't give him 15 minutes. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a case of, you know, if he, was, if he did have that chance, would he have slotted it? Possibly. He slotted it against Kepper, didn't he, at Chelsea? Against, uh, Chelsea. Um, so, yeah, so I, I kind of feel for Sims there because he would have been thinking, Fulham at home, Chance to get it, you know, get on the score sheet, and and to give him fifteen minutes, as I said, is 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 absolute sacrilege. It was, it was, and you know when he when he came on the the almost sort of uh, the, the sarcastic cheers that went around the ground. One because obviously Neil Mopey was going off, which by the way, I'm, I'm I'm never I'm never a huge fan of. I've got to be honest. It's as much as we we don't think he he's at the level that we need, and he's certainly not. Um, I, I'm, I'm never a huge fan of that. Um, but obviously then Ellis Sims, like you say, gets sort of 15, 15 minutes and it was just, the whole the whole thing was just absolutely, absolutely bizarre and I just, for, for the life of me, can't, can't work out how the manager, and it's not all, you know, of course, we can't sit there and say oh, it's all on the manager because it's not, a lot of factors play into it, that didn't help, the start 11 certainly didn't help, it, like you said, maybe I said to Pete, I felt there was a little bit of a buzz inside Goodison Park yesterday, um, and I think the first, the first 20 minutes quickly drained, drained that out of the ground. Um, but, you know, looking ahead, we've got to hope now that the likes of Seamus Coleman's injury, uh, Onana, who's apparently got a bit of a, a groin issue, and both of them, by the way, have been playing through, through injuries over the last few weeks as well. They've been getting managed. It's obviously, Maybe it was a game too many for them. Uh, but you know, Seamus missed the game for Ireland yet again. What I mean, I don't know why he's, he's, he's still going away with Ireland. 
Um, but he gets called up and gets injured all the time when he goes with them. Everton, Everton yet again, I've got, I've got to be putting the foot down with these kind of things, saying, listen, he's carrying. We don't want him going away. Um, we've got to hope that he's back for Palace. We've got to hope Onana's back for Palace. We're missing Decore again against Crystal Palace, his final, his final game. The minds you alluded to the fact that Calvert-Lewin may, may be involved in, in the squad. That's just, just no good, you know. And, and, and we can't just pin our hopes, by the way, on Dominic Calvert-Lewin coming back in. He scored one goal all, all season and, and has featured one Sunday under Sean Dice for 60 minutes. Of course we can't, but it's, it's the lift that it gives us. And I don't know about you, Jay, but if I would have seen Dominic Calvert-Lewin's name on the bench yesterday as a fan, that would have given me that little bit of a sort of spring and a step going. And even with that start 11, I would have thought, you know what? If he can get sort of 15, 20 minutes here to help to help us and help him ease his way back in, you know, that, that would have been a real a real positive to take from the day, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean it was to be honest, it was the first thing I looked for when I looked at when I looked at the team sheet. I, I didn't expect him to start by any means, but I did expect to see him on the bench. I mean, like I say, been in been in training for, for 10 days. I, I it just it does give you that bit of a boost. Um, I think it's it, like I said earlier. It, it's now time just to to throw caution to the wind. You, you you've got to you've got to start putting players in that that might not be 100% fit. Like I said, that game yesterday is a, a winnable game. Games coming up. Crystal Palace. I think obviously under under Roy Hodgson, they've they've had a bit of a bit of a resurgence, haven't they? So you know, I think. We we just got it. We just got to go and, and look at every game. I think I think Dice is actually the, the man to do it. I think I think he will probably um, tell them a few home truths after that one. I think that one. I think even you know you, you can say is a is an un, unacceptable performance. And I think as hopefully as as professional athletes, they'll all be either sat there today or whatever whenever they go into training and and reflect on that game and go you know what that was. That that wasn't good enough. Um, it wasn't a performance that that we we wanted to put in or needed to put in. Um, and hopefully that they can look at this this Palace game coming up and and say right, we need to put that right because you know the the us as fans expect 110 percent every time they go out on the field. And and yesterday we just wasn't given that. Yeah, you you're totally you're totally right and. I think it, it is for the players to, to take a long, hard look at themselves in the mirror and you know decide in their own their own mind whether that was that level and that standard was was good enough. Not only by the way for for Everton Football Club, but for for them as, as professionals and for a side that are apparently fighting for their lives. There, there was no no fight in them in them whatsoever, and that's that is the biggest the biggest concern for me. You know, we, we we've seen it under Sean Dice where we've looked like. We've got the half of the battle and the fight and and what have you. Um, and yesterday was it was the the polar opposite of of, of recent performances, like to the, the the Spurs game, even the likes of Leeds and Forest away at times. Think you know we we, we were miles away from that. Um, but like you say, you know Crystal Palace next up, and they've won a lot. The you know Roy Hodgson's come in. They've won three games on the spin. They pulled themselves away. They've got no relegation concerns anymore. In in my opinion. And we're going to discuss that after this short break. 
Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Welcome back to the second part of today's Unholy Sanity podcast. As we look ahead to to what is, you know, what we thought was going to be um, a bit of a relegation six-pointer going back a few weeks ago. But now, under Roy Hodgson, like we said before the break, Crystal Palace have, have, have turned a, a serious corner, won three games on the spin. You know, in the middle of those games, a fantastic 5-1 win away from home at Leeds United, beat Southampton 2-0 away. Uh, yesterday, and a lot of people laughed when they brought Ruth Hodgson back into the club after retirement again. And what what he's done for them in three games has been nothing short of spectacular. I mean, pass it aside that you always think have got that talent. You've got a lot of players who are, who are quick, powerful, skillful. Um, you know, so a little bit surprised maybe to have seen Crystal Palace in the mix. Um, and I think a lot of us thought that they were going to get themselves dragged in after being mid-table security. Vieira had a, had a really poor end to his time at Palace. Um, and we thought they're gonna they're gonna drop like a stone. But nine points from nine, I've seen them, as I say, that their relegation fears be alleviated and and it now becomes a game against a, a real informed side at a what is always a, a lively Selhurst Park. And Pete, how do we even begin to to, to look forward to that uh, while still in the doldrums from Goodison Park performance yesterday? Well, we need, we need a lift, don't we? I, I think that the hope is that at least one of the players who, who weren't available for uh, the, the Fulham team are able to come back in. Um, you know, ho- Hopefully Anana. Hopefully Calvert-Lewin can at least make the bench. Um, and you, you, you think... You know, would that would that give us enough? You know, both psychologically, but you know, also pragmatically and tactically to to go in and be a different outfit. Because we we certainly don't want to see that four four two again. Um, I, I, we certainly can't have a performance like we had against Fulham because, for me, every single team in in the Premier League beat us if we if we played the way that we did against Fulham, um, because it it was just an absolute car crash. It was it was a horror show. So it, it needs to be different. It needs to go back, back, back to packing the midfield, because we're we're not good enough to to have a two in there, regardless of who the, who the two are. You know, we, we need we need a four five one or you know, four three three out. However you break it down, we we need a, a midfield three. So hopefully Anana can come back in and um, and give us that. Or you know, if we've got the same three, uh, in in terms of um, it will be Ghana. 
um, and Garner Gay. And I thought I thought James Garner showed flashes of his quality actually um, against Fulham. It's clear that there's a decent footballer there. But if it is those three, they they need to start in the middle together. Because I, I think I think the irony is it, it will be under Lampard has shown that he can he can play that box to box role. You're not going to get what you get from Anana and Decore in terms of challenging centre halves and making the ball stick, but he can carry it and he can press and he can break up play. So it seems baffling to me that you know Dyche maybe hasn't put more faith in him so far in, in, in you know in maybe kind of playing him in that that box to box midfield role. So I hope if Anana's not available, that we at least set up in the right way to to get something from the game. And, f- and for me, that includes. Ellis Sims starting, you know, no disrespect to Neil Mope, but he should not be starting another game for Everton Football Club. He should be on the bench. And if, look, if we get desperate and we need to roll the dice, that should be Neil, Neil Mope's role. And in a weird way, I, I think that would probably get the best out of him because I think it would take pressure off him because it must filter through. You know, he, he knows what kind of player he is. He'll be able to feel it from the crowd when he's playing. You, you can't start him. It, it, it's no way to win a game and, and Dyche has to learn that lesson and hopefully he's learnt it now. So, yeah, I, I think we need some, some key personnel back. But if we don't, we've got to set up in the right way. Otherwise, we're, you know, we're, we're writing our own death sentence, aren't we? Is it a case, Lee, do you think of, of maybe setting up now? I mean, Jake mentioned about obviously, you know, go, going for it and, you know, sort of put, put your foot down and, and have a real go. Is it a case of doing that? Or is it a case of setting up to just go, do you know what? We've just got to be difficult to beat. We've just got to fight for every ball. We've got to get back to, to what we've done so well in the early part of Sean Dice's tenure. Is it a case of just is it, is it trying to do that, especially given the fact that maybe, you know, when we go to Crystal Palace, we could be without the same players again. Decore definitely is obviously out with his last game of his suspension. Um, there's no no guarantee that Dom's going to be in, you know, in the squad again. We just don't know. What what would you rather see us do? Well, we've got no choice. We've got no choice. We've got seven games left until the end of the season. We're, we're on 27 points. You know, that would have taken us to the 30 barrier, which is obviously a bit of a milestone. And that, again, in itself brings a bit of confidence. Now, you know, the game's running out thick and fast. And like Jake said before, I mean, I mean, the time to go for it was yesterday. But obviously, clearly, you know, Dice's first thought is all, always caution. And that's the, that's the type of manager he is. That's what you're always going to get. And we, we Palace away is always a tricky game. Now, before they got rid of Vieira, they hadn't won a game since the restart. So obviously, you know, timing sometimes in sport is everything. If you play a team then, if we'd have played them a few weeks ago, then, you know, arguably you'd say you go into that game really fancy. And it's now all of a sudden, you know, they're scoring goals for fun under Roy Hodgson, who, let's be honest, is also known as a pragmatic manager, but they've scored seven in the last two games. And they pulled themselves away from it. Just by, and I've been saying this for the last few weeks. If we can just somehow get on a run, you know, whether it's you know two wins in a row, three wins in a row, like Palace have done, um, like Bournemouth have done, three wins in four, that suddenly just instantly lifts you out out of the mess, you know, and and takes the pressure off the team completely. We've not been able to do that. Like I said, it's one win in eight. So you know, Palace, our record there isn't great either. We we have had a few wins there, but it's a tough game to go for any side. It's going to be even more. Difficult now. Now the fact that they're resurgent, you know, he's. I've always liked Eze and I've always liked Alise, two really young, talented players, and and they're starting to come to the fore now. You know, Eze got two yesterday. Alise was brilliant the other day against Leeds. 
And this is going to be a really, really tough game. You know, this was also a Palace team that was struggling to score themselves. You know, they were having forward issues. You know what I mean? There was a lot of stick going there with the likes of Mateta and people like that. But, you know, they found a way. You know, they found a way to suddenly that they look like one of the most formed teams in the league. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a case of going there. And obviously, we can't be gung ho because they've got the quality to pick us off. I don't think Zahar is back. He's, 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 he's had what looks like a fairly um, significant muscle injury, which may keep him out for a few more weeks. That's a bonus because obviously he's one of their best players. Having said that, they've not had Zahar the last two games. And look what they've done. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's one of those. We've got to go in there, like Pete said, pack the midfield, just fight for every ball, and then hopefully we can nick the first goal. In, in the way Everton are right, right now, scoring the first goal is everything. It's absolutely everything, because it you know it, it's it's the effect that has on the on the players. Like I said before, of knowing if we don't score first, how the hell are we going to score two? Because we need to win. Draws draws aren't good enough now, by the way. As well, yeah, look, getting a point here and there. The point against Spurs looks pretty poor now. The way Spurs played yesterday against Bournemouth, by the way. But you know we've we've got to we've got to find wins. You know we're going to need to get to I think at least maybe thirty seven points, thirty six, thirty seven points. So we've got to try and get, you know, ideally maybe three wins there in the next seven games. And when I look at that fixture list, lads, I find it really difficult to see that. I, I really do. I think that that's what many people have been saying. Obviously, after yesterday's game, that was potentially our most winnable game on paper. And when you come away with no points, let let, let alone one or three, it's a huge, it's a huge uphill task. And especially, you know, we've got to still got to go away to Leicester, of course. Wolves, as I say, pulled themselves away. We've got to go there as well. Newcastle are coming to Goodison Park. Bournemouth, Bournemouth sort of turned the corner and pulled themselves away. Could do us a favour because last game of the season, if they've got nothing to play for, that may that may help us. Um, but Jake, do you, do you see any, any any positives going into the Palace game? Do, do you think Everton can get a result from anywhere? Um, yeah, I mean, you've always, you've always got to. Look for the positives where they are. I'm, I'm not quite sure at the minute, but I think with with those bit with with Crystal Palace being on such good form at the minute, I think you know we, we are going to have to soak up a, a bit of pressure. I think they're a, a young young sort of exciting team that are going to bring pace and, and and come at you from all angles. So I think there are going to be times where we're definitely going to have to sit in and, and and soak up a bit of pressure but i think that for me that that makes the the Ellis Sim selection more um important in the fact that you know he's probably going to have to be up there on his own for a, for a bit we need somebody with a bit of power a bit of strength but it's something to be able to hold the ball up and wait for your your grays and um McNeil to to sort of get up with him so i think um yeah i think that i think that, for me that's the only way i see is winning i think we're probably going to have to play on the break a little bit. Well, I do actually think suits us a little bit when, when we do have um, Graham McNeil sort of, I think you mentioned earlier about Pickford. I, I was watching the, watched the game yesterday and he was getting so frustrated that nobody was making those runs down the wing. And, and that, that was his frustration, the fact that he, he was getting the ball, he was looking up and like you say, everything was down the middle. He wants to get the ball out to the wing. I think if we, if we set up like that, get, get um, Sims through the middle, get um, McNeil and, and Gray down the wings and hopefully get a few crosses into the box or whatever and, and, and try and, and nick a goal and then, then cling on for dear life. I think that's the I think that's our way to, to three points at Palace. 
I think the, the Corey, the, the Corey loss is more than way more than we thought, isn't it? It really is. I mean, Harry Kane. We've said this of the week. But I mean, it, you know, absolutely embarrassing the way he got the Corey sent off there. By the way, obviously it was a red card. We know it was, but that's proved so much more than we thought, hasn't it? Really has. Well, nobody, nobody would have thought. You know, bear in mind the Corey wasn't playing on the front Lampard. Nobody would have thought that he would have such an impact coming back in and and be such a such a miss because he massively so. And I say it's 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 just from a setting the tone in terms of being almost that first line of, of a press and the energy that that he that he he puts he puts on display for everyone to see and and that, that pulls some players through to his level sometimes as well. You know, if you've got someone leading in, in that way and, and you know showing so much energy. And putting the press on at the right time and being effective doing it, then other players then look at that and think, yeah, you know, he's leading by example. I'll follow suit. Whereas we lacked all of that yesterday, more so than in in the, in the United game. And as I say, with no leadership as well. Say Tarkowski was poor, no Seamus Coleman, um, and obviously no no physical presence in Onana. It was a big, it was a big, big miss. And yet the core has has done particularly well since Sean Dice has, has come in and. You know, hopefully he, he comes back refreshed against Newcastle and, and he gives us a little bit of a lift. But hopefully it's that that's not not too late for us to you know to, to pick up points. But um let's let's finish off. No, I know Jake, you've got you've got training this morning. Um hopefully you can take out your frustrations on the on some of the batsmen in, in, in the nets and throw a few 90 mile an hour balls down at them. But give us your prediction for, for Palace on Saturday. Um I can't I can't see us scoring two goals. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for a one. I'll go for one nil. Try and nick one. Nick one on the break. Um, I'm gonna be very optimistic. Very optimistic indeed. Yeah, we'd all take a one nil win. That's for sure, Pete. Yeah, I'm gonna go for an optimistic one nil as well. Tarkovsky header, set piece. Lee, hat-trick of one nils. I'm actually gonna go hat-trick of one nils, mate. <laughs> Despite us being absolutely. Uh... Massively pessimistic, which is you know very much unlike us on on this podcast. But um, yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to say um, Alice Sims is going to prove everyone wrong. He's going to have a one on one. He's not going to dink it. He's going to slot it in the bottom corner. I'm going to say one all and ruin ruin the year. The round of predictions. I just can't see us going to Palace and getting a winner. Really can't. And I think one all is probably being optimistic at this moment in time. Maybe if we, if we recorded. You know, on Thursday or Friday, I might might feel a little bit better, but um, it's a, it's a tricky game. It's a tricky game, and we're all going to be watching, obviously, the games today and uh, looking looking to see how they impact ourselves. And you know, it's it's a horrible way to to live at this moment in time. It it really is. Um, but let's hope we have a decent week. Let's hope the players reflect them and the manager and realise that that was spectacularly wrong uh, against against Fulham yesterday and. We see a much improved Everton performance next week at Crystal Palace. But Jake, we know you've got to get off. We we appreciate you spending a bit of time on the on the Sunday morning discussing that debacle. Uh, <laughs> good luck yesterday. Cheers, boys. Really appreciate. It. Have a good one. Yeah, good and luck for the season, mate. Cheers, mate. See you soon. And we'll be back ourselves next week to to look back on that that Crystal Palace game. Of course, massive game with the. Uh, we need we need three points, that is, that is for sure. So we'll be back next weekend to look back at that and look ahead to the, the visit of Newcastle United and, and a certain Anthony Gordon to go to some park. So we will catch you then.
The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.